Welcome to episode 84 of the World Triathlon Podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in. This episode comes out just as the Pan American Games Triathlon Competition is firing up in Vina del Mar in Chile. You can check out all the racing on www.panamsportschannel.org. And that is just before the final World Cup of the 2023 season, also in Vina del Mar, coming up on the 12th of November. That will wrap up a 14-strong World Cup circuit from 2023, across which we've witnessed a hat-trick of wins from the resurgent Gwen Jorgensen, the brilliance of Bianca Seregni and the likes of Tim Helwig and Miguel Hidalgo, Nicole van der Kay and Anahi Alvarez, all in full flow amid countless other top-notch performances. And you can watch them all back on triathlonlive.tv. But for now, we get to find out about a rising British talent who stormed to gold in Miyazaki, having already put in some eye-catching displays over the last two years. That's just two years that he's been in the sport. This is a name you might be hearing a lot more from in the next 12 months. So I hope you enjoy the episode. On this episode of the World Triathlon Podcast, we get to catch up with an athlete who has definitely made the most of his final World Cup opportunities in 2023, Hugo Milner. A scholarship to Harvard saw him head to the USA back in 2017, where it's safe to say his running skills were able to develop in one of the best environments for talent to bloom. Then a pivot to triathlon in 2021, some serious miles in the pool, on the bike, and of course in the shoes later, and in his fourth World Cup last weekend in Miyazaki, Hugo sighed through the field across the 10-kilometre run, making up a minute and 12 seconds to win the gold. He's 25. He's the latest talent to come through the British talent pool. He is Hugo Milner. Hello, Hugo. How are you? Where are you? Hello. Um, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm currently back home in Derby. Um, just got back from Japan two days ago, so uh, just getting back into training now and... Uh, yeah, just recovering from jet lag as well. Yeah, let's let's start on that start line in, in Miyazaki. Uh, mm -hmm. It was obviously it was a beach start. I was looking, I was just watching it back. Like everyone looked like they were a little bit wary of the, the sort of angle of that beach start. Yeah, it was kind of a strange um, start because um, we didn't really start on the sand. We we started on the pontoon and then jumped kind of down onto the sand. Um, and it was a good kind of maybe I don't know half a meter drop, and so um, it doesn't sound a lot, but when you're you know fighting with fifty other guys to get to the the sea uh, as quickly as possible, and there's a small drop in front of you, you do have to to be careful. Um, but it was also tough because we had the uh, course recce the day before cancelled because there was a storm. Um, so none of us had actually swam or biked the course. Um, and for some people that was okay because they'd done this course previously, but, uh, for someone like me, it was my first time. Um, so, um, obviously I knew the course in my head from looking at the maps, but I hadn't actually, uh, started on the course. So, um, yeah, it was, a uh, my first time starting on that beach when, when the gun went off. So, and it was, uh, you know, I guess what, 20 seconds back after the first lap of the swim and about possibly double that heading out onto the bike, right? Um, mm -hmm. And also, I'd just be quite interested to, like in, in Tongyong, what what did occur on the bike? Mm -hmm. Just to rewind to that slightly. Yeah, um, I mean, it was really tough because going into the race, I felt so fit and I felt like my swimming, my biking, my running was all going really well. Uh, um 
and yeah i just struggled in the in the water really um didn't have the best of swims but didn't really have a terrible swim either um i mean there was people behind me that eventually made the front pack and so it was definitely within my grasp of um having a good race despite the swim but i just had a really bad transition um the the course in tongyong meant that it was only about 20 or 30 meters from the swim exit to the actual uh, transition rack um especially for me because i was lower rank so i was towards the back so um i only had about 20 or 30 meters to you know unzip my wetsuit and get everything off and then um get onto the bike and yeah i think that's a weakness of mine at the minute i need to improve my transitions and um it seems crazy that transitions which are only a few seconds you know can change the outcome of a race but for me i was actually two seconds off making that kind of main chase pack um i could see them in front of me and i knew that if i didn't get on the back of them then that'd be the race over so um yeah i just needed to have a good transition and and get out really hard which i didn't manage to do on the bike and then um, I spent the whole remainder of that bike leg just by myself. I think there was maybe one of our athletes sat on my wheel, but um, yeah, I ended up putting down quite a lot of power on the bike in terms of my average watts. And so um, I think it was a lot more than what most people would have done in the front pack. So um, yeah, it was a strange race to be so far back yet putting in so much effort. And in only your third world cup that's a hell of a position to find yourself in back to the Miyazaki coming coming off that that bike where yeah things had obviously gone better than in than in Tongyong but it was still you were third pack weren't you I think like a minute and 12 um coming out of t2 yeah you and Lassa going through the gears kind of together right I don't know how how close were you coming off the bike to him and then how quickly did the two of you just sort of lock into sync and start like picking through people so we were in the same bike group together um coming into t2 i'm not sure if he was ahead of me coming out of t2 i'm pretty sure he was behind me um because i i just went for it on the run and um yeah i don't think anyone anyone paced me i was kind of just leading it um the whole way and i didn't actually realize until watching it back that um priester was sat behind me for most of it into the last lap um so yeah i think i i definitely did him a favor favor there by pacing him the whole way pretty much um but yeah i just i felt really strong on the run so um i didn't really feel like i needed anyone to kind of push the pace for me or or pace it um i just felt comfortable knowing that i can do a fast 10k um and i don't really need anyone to kind of uh pace it for me yeah that was my uh third olympic distance race ever so yeah um in terms of running 10k off the bike i've only done it three times before so uh the first time was in katira at the start of this year and um i felt okay on that run but again it was a bit of a a bad swimming bike um and then in valencia a few months ago um i 
you know, haven't practiced my nutrition when it comes to, you know, doing a 10 K off the bike. And so I had a gel on the bike and I just got a massive stitch. And so I had to walk parts of that 10 K, um, which was really bad. And then coming into this race, I was like, I don't want to make that same mistake again. So, um, it was kind of weird because I haven't really practiced in training, taking the gels. Uh, and so this time I just took the risk of not having any gels, um, and just seeing if it works or not. Uh, so I just had a bottle of water in my bottle cage and, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of energy, I felt fine. Um, I got a little bit of a stitch on the run, but I think it was caused by dehydration more than anything. Um, but yeah, I think going forward, I need to, I need to practice, uh, taking gels, um, and practicing more running off the bike. And then Ricardo, yeah, you sort of, you shelled off Lassa. Well, together you reeled in Dylan. I mean, it was still over 20 seconds going into the last lap. I think he obviously, kind of was was cooked uh and then batista had the penalty to serve and mm-hmm. yeah there it was like that that kind of very emotional finish for you when you think about mm-hmm. it's your fourth world cup and you've you've only been doing the sport for two years and you've just got the gold like all those things swirling through your head you're obviously not short of self-confidence but there must have been a bit of disbelief over that final when you found you found yourself out front uh yeah definitely i mean i've been in that situation so many times this year where i've kind of had a uh a bit of a bad swim or um haven't made that main chase pack and then i've kind of thought is the race over um and then yeah i just thought like like any other race i'm just gonna give it a go especially over 10k uh, i know i can make up a probably about a minute or so on some of the top guys so um yeah I just just went for it and I thought if I you know finish 20th or 10th or wherever and then you know so be it um I've just got to you know work on that swimming bike uh over the next year and uh yeah luckily this time I was able to you know catch up to the leaders um I roughly knew coming off the bike that the the gap was a minute and 12 um and so I thought it's definitely possible to catch up. And there was someone shouting out splits each lap. And I think after the first lap, I'd taken something like 20 or 25 seconds out of the leaders. And so I was doing the calculations in my head thinking, you know, there's three more laps. If I keep doing this, then, you know, I'll catch them by the end of the third lap. And so um, that's kind of what happened. And uh yeah, it wasn't until the last 2K that I caught Dylan. Um, so, yeah, a little bit shocked when I initially caught him because I could have eased up once I got onto the podium. Um, once I was in that top three, I could have probably just jogged it in and been really happy with that. But then there was just something inside me where I was like, I just want to go for the win. Um, so I just went for it and, uh, yeah, luckily it paid off. And a bit of an outpouring of everything you've put yourself through over the last <clears throat> two years to to get to that point, right? You sort of alluded to the the stresses and strains of of taking on a new sport and trying to get to the top of it only two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. How have you found that that journey? Um, how hard has it been? And 
you said you're still kind of training now surely you're allowing yourself a little bit of time off as well aren't you into this period yeah so I think the last two years it's been a bit of a crazy journey uh lots of highs lots of lows um I think it was a big shock to go from running to triathlon and you know up in my swimming and my biking to um you know the insane hours that triathletes train um with running you know you're probably not doing any more than 10 hours a week of training and then um yeah in triathlon you know the last two years or so I've kind of been doing 30 to 35 hours a week and um you know in in the UK as well during the winter it's just uh not the best place to train um when you know you're getting up at 5 30 in the morning swimming for two hours and then um up until last year I was working full-time as well so mm. you know I was pretty much uh torturing myself by swimming for two hours and going to work and then doing something during my lunch break and then going back to work and then training in the evening and then just repeating that every day um and so yeah it's been really tough but um yeah getting the result on on Saturday was uh yeah it just made all the sacrifice worth it it was definitely something uh Max Stapley said in the Talking Triathlon podcast last week about uh or recounting the tale of him just chucking his bike into a bush on a December morning of like you know just <laughs> couldn't couldn't be doing it and it, it yeah it's sort of rictus grin of instagram life it's quite good to have that refreshing just like image of someone <laughs> just like hossing the bike and um yeah was that that was something you could uh you could relate to was it yeah definitely even just today i've just come back from a three-hour ride and it's been the first time i've ridden in the uk since september and you know, it's chucking it down with rain, um, covered in mud. My bike's an absolute mess. Um, and, you know, it's probably not even that bad today. Wait until it gets to January, February time. It's just, uh, it's pretty miserable. But I think if, you, if you're motivated and um, you have that drive, then, you know, you'll do anything to be successful. So, um, you know, you kind of look at the Brownleys training in Leeds all the time. It, it worked for them. So, you know, if they can do it, then, you know, why can't anyone else? And you're based out of Nottingham at the moment, right? So, well, so you're living in Derby, training in Nottingham, is that? Yeah, so I, I swim in Nottingham. I, I swim at the Uni of Nottingham. Uh, there's a group there. Um, and then I kind of do a mixture of rides between Nottingham um, and from home. And then for running, I kind of mostly train by myself. There's a few athletes that, um, a base locally in Derby that I train with um, and so yeah I probably say most of the time I'm by myself but um, for the swimming I definitely need a group to train with so it's really important that I, I go to Nottingham every day and, and swim in a group um, just to try and improve my swimming. There's Chris Perham, um, we had Barclay Azard until a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, we've got a few good uh upcoming juniors uh solomon uh crawford smart uh ollie mills um yeah there's a decent group going so yeah it's really good to train with those guys they they definitely pushed me on and it definitely felt like from some of the sort of comments on social media and stuff after it, it felt like there was a lot of people that felt 
this was coming that <laughs> had it in you that weren't that surprised that that you know that that run that you were able to deploy <laughs> yeah i read some of the comments and uh yeah it was really heartwarming to see um and yeah i think at the start of the year i i saw i don't know who posted it it might have been beth potter or someone but i definitely saw it on social media where they posted a load of statistics about triathlon and there was one statistic where it said um, 50% of all the World Cups and World Triathlon Series races since 2010, of the fastest runner has gone on to win 50% of those races. So I knew this year that I was fairly confident that in some of the races I was going to be the fastest runner. Um, and so I thought statistically, you know, if I do 10 races this, this year, statistically i should really win five um but even if i don't win five i, I might win one and if i win yeah. one then i'd be happy so um i wish it would have happened a bit sooner um i left it right to the last race of the season so um yeah i'm glad i finally got it um but yeah it's just a coincidence because last year i'd basically done the same thing where um i didn't really have the best of seasons and then on the last race of the season, I did a European Cup and it was my first one and I won. And it was literally the same date last year, pretty much. Um, and then this year, like I've been up and down throughout the season and last race of the season, uh, I managed to win. So, um, yeah, maybe if we can I don't know, put a big race at the end of the season next year, then uh, that'd be good. <laughs> and you've been running the numbers. I get, it's, it's interesting. You... And I guess, yeah, Beth, Alex, Georgia, Taylor Brown as well. Like, I mean, you cut your teeth on the cross-country circuit as well, right? I mean, I've always done cross-country from a young age. I think I started when I was about seven or eight. Mm. Um, so I'm used to, you know, those cold, dark winter nights, running in the mud around fields. Um, that's kind of just like what I'm used to. Um, Is that like... Honestly speaking, are they are they mm -hmm. like good memories? Were you the kind of kid that was like, all right, like a Labrador chasing a ball? I can go. I'm going to. I'm I'm up for this. Or is there were there sort of moments of being dragged out? Yeah, I mean, my parents always supported me and taking me to events and and taking me to training. But yeah, it was all kind of self motivated. I always wanted to to go and race and run. Um, and I think it does help when you're good at something and you have a passion for it um and I was doing so many sports when I was younger and cross country just seemed to be my best one um so yeah I've kind of just stuck at it and yeah I think my season's ended now but I'm hoping to uh do some cross country races soon uh I've just entered the Liverpool cross challenge in three weeks time so um that would be the trials for the European cross country um so yeah, hoping to get back into training fairly soon and, uh, yeah, have some good fun uh, on the cross. It's also, you know, you're noted for for, the, for these run splits. Alex Yee obviously came through, but you're such an incredibly different shape, right? You're, you're very tall, quite a lot broader. Um, yeah. It's just, it is fascinating, isn't it, how the, the, the body types of triathlon just vary so massively. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always the, the skinniest kid. Um, I was relatively small until 
maybe 16, 17. Um, and then in the space of a year, I just shot up and um, it's crazy to think that I'm, you know, six foot four now. Um, because, oh, you are six foot yeah. four. I was, I was tell, talking yeah. to someone after, I was like, yeah, you must be about six four now. You can't be that big, but you're, yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've got growing pains in my knees, uh, big bumps um, from where I just shot up so quickly. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, even until 18, 19, I was very slim. And then, I think just in the last few years, especially with doing more swimming, um, I've kind of put on a bit more muscle. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, yeah, crazy to look at my my body and my image now compared to a few years ago. Um, and yeah, it's difficult because I think in running, um, you know, you kind of do want to be slightly on the lighter side. And I think right now, like if I was just a runner and I was this size and then, you know, I could probably do with losing a few kilos just to run a bit faster. But um, for triathlon, I mean, you know, I need to have that kind of body weight for the swim um, and maybe even the bike. Um, and it hasn't really slowed me down too much on the run. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see all the different body types. You look at Alex G compared to Christian Blumenfeld, it's just completely opposite ends of the spectrum so i don't think there is a one um one size fits all body type for triathlon you you get people from um all different shapes and sizes you might just have to get used to people tucking in behind you on the on the run <laughs> have a few like lasso freesters tucking in behind and using you <laughs> yeah it definitely but, makes a difference in 2017 you went to harvard right this was um was this was straight out of school and there was a scholarship there because of like the running that you were mm -hmm. doing at that time and they saw that talent in you and wanted to yeah um yeah it's crazy that that was six years ago now um but yeah i applied for america uh way back in 2015 when i finished my gcse's um and then yeah, I was in contact with the coach from Harvard um, and yeah, I was just set on going there and I had to take all the exams and uh, the SATs and sorting out visas and um, sorting out the the application process and all of that. It was all really stressful. Uh, but this was so, without, this was, but you applied before and then did your A-levels and then went or... Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I did my A levels, and then uh, yeah, I went after after I finished, um, and then yeah, I was meant to be there for four years, um, but unfortunately because of COVID, I was out there for two and a half years, and then the last year and a half was online from home, so I came back to the UK, and then the last year and a half was all remote. Ah, you were you were part of that generation that had yeah had it sort of completely impact you in crazy ways yeah exactly um yeah i really enjoyed my time there um and yeah it was really painful to, to have to come back so early um but yeah i think the most frustrating part was the fact that i wasn't able to run as quickly as i would have liked um in terms of that last year and a half because of covid I, you know, didn't really race over cross country or the track. And so a lot of my PBs um, 
now I feel like aren't really representative of what I can actually run. Um, and then now starting triathlon, I just, I just haven't had the time to to do the track races and improve my PBs from a few years ago. So I know lots of people are always saying, oh, you, you run 13, 44 for 5K. Um, but then I'm like, I reckon I could probably go faster if, if I did a track race, but I just you know, haven't done one for, you know, two and a half years. And I think if I had that final year at university, um, I would have been in the collegiate system in America where, you know, the top guys are running sub 13, 20, if not faster, uh, I probably would have been in those races uh, being pushed um, and getting those fast times, but I just missed out on all of that. So yeah, it's definitely uh, frustrating. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I think a lot of the races that I've been doing on the track, I'm kind of uh, not necessarily winning, but I'm nearing the front of the race and, you know, the pacemaker might drop out after one or two K. And so it's very different running a 13, 40 in a race like that than, you know, running in a diamond league race or an even bigger race where, you know, you're dragged along um and you know i'm pretty confident that if if i was put in a fast race like that and i could just hang on at the back you know there's no reason why i can't run you know sub 13 20 um compared to front running a 13 40 something so um yeah it's something i'd like to to give a go um at some point in the future but i think right now uh triathlon's a priority um but yeah, we'll see because, you know, my, my main aim is to make the Olympic Games and obviously with Paris coming up, um, you know, I want to qualify. Um, but with triathlon being um, the way it is with the qualification system, it's probably too late for me uh, to qualify. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if I can't qualify for triathlon, then, you know, you know, I might have to give it a go on the track and, uh, you know, go for the time. So we'll see what happens. Amazing that, yeah, after only two years, you've already got <laughs> next year's Olympics in your, in your sights. Is that, I, I hadn't appreciated that the, that COVID had curtailed your kind of time out there in Harvard and you'd had to come back early. So in a sense, had you, had you stayed there for that period of time, then you wouldn't have found triathlon when you did, right? Yeah, I had the option to take a gap year um, and then go back to Harvard the year after. And then I could obviously race on the track and uh, have another year. But at that time, I knew that I wanted to pursue triathlon and I just didn't really want to leave triathlon for another year. Um, I thought... At the time, I was 23, um, and so I thought, uh, realistically, I need to start you know, training for triathlon now, um, and so yeah, I didn't take a gap year. I just uh, you know, trained from home and then uh, started triathlon in uh, 2021. And having like, been somewhat removed from the whole british triathlon you know obviously the Branleys have you know johnny may well still make it for paris but that mm -hmm. kind of era is very much moved on and now 
Alex is obviously a standout, but behind him, there's now this like huge raft of talent that all appears to be kind of having their moments in the sun. And then it's quite an interesting stage at the moment, isn't it? Like just mm. looking at the Miyazaki lineup, whether it's Sam Dickinson or Max Stapley or um, Jack Willis was in there, wasn't he? And then like you mentioned mm-hmm. Barkley earlier, uh, yeah. Ben Dykstra obviously coming back. And there's just, there's, there's so many in there and so many of those have had great results um, and uh, all of them, also would love to be knocking on that Olympic door, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so stacked right now in the UK for triathlon. Um, you know, I was having dinner after Miyazaki with you know, Jack Willis, uh, Harry Leilu, uh, Cameron Main, Sam Dickinson. And, you know, we've all got top five in World Cups this year. And so in terms of qualifying for the World Triathlon Series next year, um, I think we are all eligible to um, get the selection for British triathlon. So yeah, it, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, so stacked right now. Um, so yeah, it's good to see. It definitely pushes me on to to try and work on on my swimming and biking. Um, you know, I, I always think that if I can match some of these guys on the swim and the bike, then um, you know, I can I can be up there. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a strange sport triathlon because this year, like some races, uh, you know, those guys will beat me by miles. And then, you know, other races like this weekend, I, I go and win. Um, so, yeah, it's just very inconsistent. Some some weeks you win, some weeks you lose. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy to see. So that race, that, that, that gold in Miyazaki could open the door for an Abu Dhabi start for you, could it? Uh, technically, yes, I think so. Although I don't think my world ranking is high enough. Um, I think I'm ranked 100th or 101st now. Um, and I think the ranking will have to be a lot higher than that to, to get a start. Um, so realistically, uh, yeah, probably not. Um, which is a shame because I feel like sometimes my racing would be easier at the world triathlon series than, um, you know, some of these world cups or, um, even like a, a British super series race. Um, just because the swim and the bike is so much kind of, um, is there tends to be more breakaways at that kind of level. than if you look at world triathlon series, a lot of the races tend to come together. Um, so if I can kind of get myself, you know, in front of a few people, maybe like Blumenfeld or um, Richard Murray or someone on, on the swim. Um, I know that, you know, they're going to come flying past on the bike, but if I can hold the wheel and the race comes together, then, um, you know, I should be up there. Uh, but yeah, for some of these races, like at Super Series this year, I just, uh, you know, there's a breakaway gone and then there's no one... Um, you know, good enough on the bike to to close the gap. And, and so some of those races are a lot tougher than what it would be at the top level. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens next year. So some, the inevitable uh, research in the loosest sense of the word for the for this interview and obviously trawling your Instagram. 
sorry not sorry for <laughs> but there was a, okay. great photos of uh of you and alex Yi from i think it was was it 2015 or no maybe not that yeah i think it was oh. uh and ben dykstra all looking very yeah fresh-faced and um yeah <laughs> what, what, so you and you and alex go quite a long way back do you or at least since uh, you're, you're racing yeah. yeah i mean we've raced each other since i don't know like 13 years old 12 years old uh ben dykstra as well we've you know been fairly local rivals for a few years um you know because he's from leicester i'm from derby and you know we race each other from under 11s really um so yeah i'm just trying to think of the photo i think that might have been at the london mini marathon so yeah a few years ago now but um yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that I'm doing triathlon now because at that time I was just a, a runner. Um, and, you know, at that time I was looking up to Alex and Ben because they were doing so well in triathlon. Um, so I always kind of had this inkling to to move to triathlon eventually, but I was never sure when when that was going to happen. The... Uh... Was the bike like a particularly difficult thing to to slot in? It's that sort of aggressive, just being so close to that many other bikes at those sort of speeds. Um, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a natural situation to find yourself in, particularly as a as a runner, right? Yeah, I think that's probably my my biggest challenge in triathlon at the minute. Um, it's just working on that technical bike stuff um for me i just haven't been biking from a young age and i've missed out on you know doing bike races and and you know having the bike skills um i mean i've i've been cycling for a few years now and generally my my bike power on a turbo trainer or or on a bike is is decent um but it's completely different you know going on a technical bike course and you know putting down that power coming out of a dead turn um and obviously being in a big group is just not something i'm i'm not used to um but then i look at stories like beth potter and you know she she's come from a very similar background in terms of uh running background and then having to learn the bike in a way um and so you know if she's capable of doing that um then you know i think i can do it as well um, but yeah, it takes time to be comfortable riding in a big group and um, being technically good on a bike. And so that's definitely something that I'm still working on. Um, and I had a, a crash in in May this year on the bike and uh, I was racing at the World Joathlon Champs. And yeah, I just uh, someone clipped my wheel in front and came off and um yeah that was kind of my first major bike crash in a race and you know it kind of shocked me a bit um broke my ribs got a lot of road rash on my arm on my shoulder and uh yeah it took a few months before I was kind of out riding my bike again uh comfortably uh there's a few rides afterwards where I was just a bit shaky and a bit uh taken back by riding my bike so I feel like I'm improving quite a lot now and feeling feeling a lot more confident uh, in in bike groups, which is good. And 
bolting on those experiences of each, you know, from a European Cup to a World Cup is obviously there's a, there's quite a jump there. And then, yeah, like that first time you find yourself riding with a Hayden Wilder or a Christian Blumenfeld and hopefully have the presence of mind to sort of take a bit of stock of what's going on around you, right? And just like absorbing the, those sort of environments. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the biggest thing is just each race I do is just looking at what I'm doing wrong or areas where I could work on and just uh, actually working on those for the next race. And I think even though some of my performances have been up and down this year, generally my skills on the bike and my confidence on the bike have been growing with each race. And in Miyazaki, it was the first time where I felt actually confident and comfortable on the bike. I wasn't scared to, you know, take uh, take risks on the bike and, and overtake people and get to the front. Uh, then in a lot of races this year, I've kind of just sat at the back and, and I've been scared to overtake and I've been expecting people to crash in front. So, you know, I've left a bit of a gap between uh, my wheel and theirs and, I think in Miyazaki, I kind of, um, even though it wasn't perfect, I think it was a big improvement from from where I've been riding. So, um, yeah, that was good to see. And just talking about the, the battle for start positions, whether it's Abu Dhabi or another World Cup and your kind of world ranking and so on, is there, in the aftermath of that Miyazaki race, you know, it's your fourth World Cup, you've taken the gold, there's plenty of guys on there British on the team that you know have been slogging it out and trying to get those get those medals and podiums. Uh, I think generally in, in triathlon, the uh, the best triathlete wins uh, pretty much all the time. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't think it's down to luck that someone wins. I think if you win or you do well, then it's because you put put in the work. Um, and so, yeah, even though I've been doing it for triathlon for two years, um, I've put in a lot of work on my swim and my bike. And obviously I was already a runner before. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's that much of a, a shock to to suddenly um, win some of these races. I think it's it's been very realistic. Um, but, yeah, I can understand some frustration from people that, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, 10, 15 years and um, haven't reached that level yet. And then suddenly a runner comes in and does it in two years. Um, you know, it probably is frustrating, but um, yeah, it's difficult because at the minute I feel like in most of the races, I'm, I'll probably lose. Um, if there's a, a breakaway or if the conditions aren't suited to me, then I'll probably, you know, finish outside the top 20. But then occasionally when things do go right, I'll I'll win or make the podium. And so I think for me now, um, the biggest thing is to work on that consistency and know that, you know, if I turn up to a World Cup or whatever race it is, um, that regardless of whether there's a breakaway or the conditions, I can, you know, have a good swim, make the chase pack or the front pack and, and be competitive rather than having to rely on uh, essentially a run race. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's that self-awareness and honesty that you tend to find in triathlon that makes it 
so sort of refreshing as a as a sport as well. But I, you know, there's there's everything from from the starts to the funding as well, right? It's kind of inevitable that everyone's looking over their shoulder. There's a, there's a finite amount, and having mm-hmm. your Alex's and Beth's doing what they're doing must open doors as well, right? It must at least keep a larger pool of funding there, maybe. But um, yeah, it's it's tricky, you know. With this, there's only so many mouths that can be fed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think for world class, uh, I think it's about twenty athletes a year that they're allowed, and so you know, looking at the the amount of quality uh, of, of triathletes in the UK now, you know, there's at least maybe fifteen guys that can get on there, um, and then maybe I don't know, maybe ten, fifteen girls as well. So yeah, it's definitely very competitive for those spots. Just another last little bit of social media trawling was uh, quite a remarkably sort of David Luiz esque uh, young <laughs> young and playing football, yeah. um, and that and the haircut that was that returned or was was it scythed off during lockdown? Yeah, I mean it was starting to look a bit like sideshow Bob uh, during lockdown. So yeah, I got it all shaved off uh, a couple of years ago, uh, but yeah, I. Um, I've always had really, really curly hair. Um, always had a, a massive afro growing up, um, and so yeah, people probably remember me from doing cross country when I was younger, uh, running about with a massive afro. Um, and uh, yeah, I think now I'm kind of past that. Uh, I don't really want a giant afro. It's just a, an absolute pain to to take care of and. Uh, I'm not sure if I could probably fit a swim cap over it if, if it was like that now. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm sticking yeah. with the shorter hair, definitely. And Kenji Nena, has he been trolling you about table tennis? Is this a is this a thing? Have you... <laughs> Who's better? Oh, no, I'm definitely better. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'm just really good at table tennis. Um, I mean, I played tennis for my county um and for my local tennis club uh, a few years ago um and so yeah i guess it kind of just translated from that and then i have a table tennis table in my house uh and during lockdown i played with my dad pretty much every day um and then i was in font on a training camp with kenji last year and we played table tennis almost every day and uh I mean, I'm not even lying here, but I would absolutely destroy him in every single game. And he just got so mad that he just wanted... Honestly, yeah, he was just desperate to play. (laughs) Um, And so many of the guys there were just trying to beat me. I just don't know what it was. It was just, uh, yeah, just naturally uh, was very good at table tennis. And um, yeah, I think he's still a bit bitter about that. So... I think him and Taylor Spivey even had a grudge match. So my mission for next year's uh, World Cup circuit is to get just one of those like traveling roll-up um, nets. <laughs> or, and I'm just going to get a little regular ongoing ladder or something for the for the circuit. So if, you, if you're up for that. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Get that on. Brilliant. Well, Thanks ever so much, Hugo. It's been good to hear uh, hear your story, catch up, and I guess to yeah set the tone for 
for next year you don't really know quite what it looks like yet or how it's going to shape up the ambitions are obviously olympic sized but uh it's one step at a time is it yeah definitely i mean obviously olympics has always been my aim but um yeah whether i'll make it to paris or not i'm not sure um uh, but yeah just taking it one step at a time at the minute um if i can you know consistently podium and do well at european and world cups then um that would be good enough for me right now and then you know we'll progress uh, from that later on in terms of getting the criteria i mean i assume i'd have to do a world triathlon series race next year and maybe podium um but then equally i think I'd have to get my ranking inside the the top 30, which, you know, I don't know if that's even possible. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, yeah, slightly pessimistic about it, whether it will actually happen. But um, all I can do right now is work as hard as I can, um, perform as well as I can. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens uh, next year. I mean, you climbed the small number of 51 places to get into the top 100, <laughs> courtesy of Miyazaki. So uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's tight, isn't it? There's, there's Max Stapley's yeah. 93, um, Sam Dixonson's 76 at the moment, Jack Willis 65th, yeah. and then Barkley Azard is 40th. He's the next highest behind Alex. So interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And Johnny Brownlee, obviously. He's there. Mm um good well we wish you well we look forward to seeing you out there uh next year in 24 and uh seeing what these table tennis skills are all about as well <laughs> thank you nice one thanks you go